The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Back again on Speed Street after a much needed week off on the track. Connor being out of town, drivers being out of town, hopefully cooling down after a wild, wild weekend in Nashville. It's race week once again. Uh, this is Speed Street. I'm Joey Molinero. Thanks for being with us. And as always, uh, with me, my pal, the co-host, the driver of the number 20, Bit Now Ride in the NTT IndyCar Series, Connor Daly. What's up, man? How was your uh, your weekend off? Uh, it's much, much needed. Um, I, I keep telling people we, I have not actually had like a weekend off, uh, since like April, I think, uh, because we obviously had some race weekends that were off IndyCar wise, but then I was doing the commentary for SRX. So just constantly on the road. <laughs> and, um, I mean, which is, which is great. Like I love traveling, love going to racetracks. But sometimes you just need to recharge the old batteries. And, um, you know, and F1's on their summer break right now. Um, all, all, if you follow any of those guys on Instagram, they're all on giant yachts and they're all in beach properties. So F1 clearly, um, you know, they don't do things wrong. Um, and, uh, and I even saw a Formula One driver as well out in, out in Los Angeles on my weekend off. So uh, great time. Just nice, nice, nice to have a weekend off. I mean, it was only one weekend, but it felt like a like a full on vacation. Yeah, man, you were. I mean, I know everybody follows you, but you were hopping around L.A. You were living the glamour life. You're on the beach. You were in McLaren rides, causing more ruckus and rumors to swell about. I mean, you were hanging out with who'd you hang out with? Daniel Ricardo. Yes. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was funny because I, I've known Daniel a long time, and. Um, I just happened to shoot him a message because I know he has a he has a place in in Southern California. Uh, Daniel loves America, and I know he has a lot of friends stateside as well. Um, and it's it's a you know if 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 you if you've made a solid living like like young Mister Daniel has, uh, you know you could live a pretty solid life there in Southern California. Um, so yeah, yeah, really good to uh, to catch up with Daniel. Hadn't. Se- I, I, the funny part about seeing Daniel, I have not actually seen any of my F1 friends since Drive to Survive has come out. So like that, because yeah. that obviously came out right before the whole pandemic thing. And I didn't, I haven't been to a Formula One race since pre, you know, pre-COVID. Um, and so it was a really interesting experience because in America, Formula One drivers always went to America because the, like they weren't recognized by anyone. You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of like they could do whatever they wanted. Um, you know, they could have a nice, you know, nice relaxed vacation because Formula One, for all intents and purposes, was not popular in the States. And after seeing like after being with Daniel a little bit, at, you know, it was like a fairly popular spot in, in uh, Santa Monica, California, where we were hanging out this bar. Everyone's looking at him. Like, I mean, it's literally like we were in this little area, obviously this little like table area with a little, little, little fenced off area there. Uh, felt very, you know, very special. Wow. Very exciting. But like, it's incredible to see. It was like, um, like, I mean, even people, you know, there were people in Mercedes F1 hats, like coming up and be like, Hey man, like, can I get a picture with you? And, and all this stuff. And it, it was, it was just really interesting. And I kind of talked to, I kind of talked to a couple of his, 
his guys because I was like, look, I think right now, like as I told, as I told, I, I think I mentioned it on this show before. I think F1 drivers are the most famous athletes, or no, the f- most famous people on the planet right now because not only is it a world championship, right? So it's worldly renowned, worldly recognized. Now they've got the American market, but they're also movie stars. They're on what like a massively popular Netflix show. So you take like wild popular sport athletics and movie stars, and they're now intertwined. And, and it was fascinating to see, but Daniel was awesome. Good to talk to him. Obviously, there's a lot of drama in his world right now on the team, which I, yeah. I will like, not get into the details. <laughs> but like just a general, I mean, is he kind of, is his vibe, ah, screw it. Is it, what the hell's going on? Is it, you know, we're kind of playing it by ear. What, what What's the general sense from him? I mean, honestly, what I, what I love about Daniel is that he always loves life. Like he's, he's, he's loving life. He's enjoying life. Um, and what was really cool actually, and, and, and this, I think is, is really cool as an IndyCar person, but, um, one of the guys that he was with who works for him, uh, Blake was his name, great guy. And Blake was kind of telling a few folks there like about like what I do, like IndyCar. And they were like, oh, IndyCar, those guys have the real balls. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> like It was like, that's really like, I really respect that. Thank you. And like everyone knew kind of, you know, what Formula One is, but not obviously a lot of people were like, oh, IndyCar. Okay. Like what, what is that? You know what I mean? Which is our constant problem. Um, but it is, it is really cool to see, to like, to hear kind of the respect that, 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 uh, that group had, you know, for IndyCar and has for IndyCar. And like, even Daniel t- speaking to him, he's like, man, I don't know. I just don't know if I could do the, Oval. I just don't know if I could do Indy. Like, I just, I, I just I was don't gonna say, know. Did you give him, did you give him shit for saying that he, you know, not interested in the 500? No. Cause we talked about it and I, and I told him, I said, look, man, the ovals are the most fun part. Like the cars are safe. Like you'll be fine. And it's just a different, you know, it's just a different outlook on things. Right. And, and uh, I, I got to respect everyone in that uh, little group there because there was a lot of, a lot of good talk about IndyCar, about the fact that we can race really well. Our racing's way good. better. Like there was a lot of respect out on the streets, which is great because sometimes Sometimes we don't hear that from the Formula One community, certainly in the uh, in the public articles and Fandom. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, it was it was cool to see. Obviously, I didn't want to dive too deep into the, you know, hey man, like I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna be like, so where are you driving next year? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> see, it's good that I it's good that I wasn't out there because I would put oh, my yeah. Howard Stern hat on and I just would have been hey, come on, tell me where are you going? What's the deal? How how badly do you hate these McLaren people right now? Like I would have I would have dove. <laughs> See, I want to keep my friendship. So we keep all those chats under the uh under the rug there. It's all good. Um, but uh Daniel's enjoying life. Good to see a Formula One driver. Um, basically look like a superstar on the West Coast. Uh, it was very, very cool. It was, it was wild to see kind of the, the reaction, just seeing the people like staring at Daniel, like that's a formula one driver. You know what I mean? I was like, that's cool. Like, cause in reality, you know, racing drivers being cool is a good thing, hopefully for everyone. <laughs> but, uh, it yeah. was, it, it was funny, man. It was, it was a good time. Good to see him. And I really just, it was random that I happened to also 
be at a McLaren dealer, like where they had this McLaren that was designed specifically for him. And I literally happened to be wearing his T-shirt at the same time as well. It was not intended at all, but it ended up being quite a uh, humorous, humorous run onto the Internet. Yeah, he um, I just checked. He's got seven point three million followers on Instagram. So, yeah, he's, you know, pretty well known. He's doing he's well. Yeah, he's he's doing all right. That's for sure. That's good, man. That sounds like uh, that sounds like a hell of a time. I'm glad you got away for a little bit. That's nice. That's uh, I um, I, I dove into the golf world, man. I'm a golfer. Oh, I'm a, oh I'm a, Billy Zalatoris. Yeah, I didn't. No, no, I'm not even talking about watching. Like, I got out on the course. I played 18. I oh. did it with the family. I, oh I, wow! I, I I I you know I got one par. I parred one hole. Okay. So I felt really freaking good about that. It was, it was you know, granted, it was a par three. All right. I'm not going to BS with everybody. It was only a par three, but I took the seven iron or whatever you call it. And I, I snack, smacked that thing right onto the green about 12 feet away from the hole. It was close to a birdie putt, missed just by a few feet, but hit the par. So I'm feeling good, man. I'm ready to get on the course. I'm already looking at the brickyard, uh, you know, crossing, see about getting out there. It looks fun. It's uh, I, I, I really held out for a long, long time. I refused. I was like, there's enough golf nuts in the world. Everybody, every guy now likes to go out there and be a freaking douche and be a golfer. I'm not going to do it. And then finally, my family's like, no, let's go. You got us into racing. We want to get you into golf. I was like, all right, fine. And uh, golf is great. There. I had a great time, man. It was it was awesome. I had a really, really great time. I'm going again this weekend, so I'm in. Has has the Live Tour reached out with a nine-figure contract yet? Have have they contacted your people? They uh, have not contacted my people with a nine-figure deal. They contacted them with uh, about a four-figure deal to do a sketch. Vid- no, I'm just kidding. Um, I have not heard <laughs> about that. So... Uh, but I am I am in the golf world, man. Scotty Matt gave me a shout out because I got the uh, I got the Jordan golf shoes, courtesy of Anthony Calhoun and his golf outing. Um, so I'm putting them to good use, man. I, I'm 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 ready to rock. So I feel like that goes hand in hand with being an impending father. I feel like I feel like golf, big dad's game. It's got it's a big dad's game. I mean, also young athletes, but big dad's game. You always see. I mean, we we see Tiger and his son out there now, just slapping balls. It's yep. uh, it's a great sport. I love golf. I'm getting into golf. My dad played a little bit of golf too. My uh, my grandfather on my dad's side, my cousin Barry plays golf for the Cayman Islands. So we're big say, golf people. Didn't you Irish folk? You invented golf, didn't you? G O F. Well, what happened is is uh, all the folks in Ireland when they were consuming ales and uh, getting absolutely hammered, they just wanted to hit stuff with sticks. And so that's the history of golf. They got a bunch of sticks and started slapping balls around. Turns out you had to put balls in holes as well eventually. And so they found uh, golf. That was, that's the history of golf. Got it. Yeah. No, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like it makes sense, man. Nothing better than having from having a few brews and smacking balls, dude. That's just, that's just what we do. So Joe, I have a quick question for you. Have What's you up? ever, this, this might change the subject and this is again, we're weekend off subject guys right now. We, yeah. I, I went to a Dave and Buster's over the weekend and right. uh, I, I, my lady is is a is like a professional dancer, and so like I I tried Dance Dance Revolution at this uh, place <laughs> up against a pro. And if you ever want to be embarrassed <laughs> on a very high level, 
That is what you do. I, I, I had, I've been asked sometimes, well, it's your most embarrassing moment in your life. Well, let me tell you, it's DDR at a public place up against a professional lady dancer. And that is, um, I, I would like you to know that that is, uh, it's a new, new level of, of embarrassment for me now in my life. See now one, a few things. <laughs> did, did lady friend capture a video? Is there a video of this out there? We need to see it. That's number one. No, because we were head to head. So we had the ah. two dance. Yeah. Boom. Head to head action. So you logged out there. She couldn't step to the side and put you on blast on the internet. Okay. Number two. Yeah. I was not a big Dance Dance Revolution guy, but when the Wii came out, the Nintendo Wii, mm. and you do the Just Dance games that you get on Christmas and you play like a week and a half of your last part of Christmas break and then you never touch it again until the next one came out next Christmas, I I, I crushed at that game. I was very good. Womanizer I mean, by Britney Spears all day. You know what's also doubly embarrassing about that game as well in a public arcade is that when you swipe your little card to play it, the volume turns up by a thousand. And so now everyone in the entire arcade can now hear that there are two folks battling it out on the Dance Dance Revolution stage. And I was not prepared for the volume upgrade. I was not. I was not prepared to... Um, basically have a bunch of kids probably sending Snapchats to their friends about a, a diabetic clown on a, on a, on a dance machine. And uh, that's, that's kind of what I, what I experienced over the weekend. But, you know, we also did feel better about ourselves by getting on the Mario Kart uh, racing machine uh-huh. and the Cruising USA. Obviously we had to get Cruising USA in there as well. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that definitely brought the spirits back a little bit. You evened it out. That's a great call by you. That we actually, so we got a lot of questions. Uh, we did audience questions this week coming off weekend off. Uh, we'll get to them a little bit, but there was one about Mario Kart. So I'm looking forward to get to that. Um, but yeah, man, I, I golfed. I just had a doctor's appointment with the wife. We are on absolute baby watch. I mean, this baby <laughs> is ready to roll. He is, um, he's a big boy. He's already oh. seven pounds, 10 ounces. Uh, and, uh, wow. There's just still got just a little bit of time, but like he, he's tracking to be big. So dad life could be coming upon me really at any time. Very, very excited about that. So that that's already in there new. getting yoked. He's in there getting, getting all jacked up. I don't know about you. A chunk would probably yeah. be a better term than yoked, but I'm proud of him. I mean, either way, he's going to very, very excited. Um, Let's see, before we get into, uh, we had a great interview this week on, on the show with uh, your pal, uh, Chris Lake. Uh, fantastic musical artist, DJ, uh, again, a, a, a massive, as they would say, a massive uh, race fan, Formula <laughs> One fan. And then we kind of dove into the differences between that and really, really great conversation. Um, but not only was uh, this weekend an off weekend, it was kind of the start of the football season, my man. Did you get to catch any any gridiron, any, any pigskin flying around out there? Well, obviously, uh, since it's football, I can talk about sports gambling for that sport. Uh Definitely took a little week one parlay because I believed in the Lions and turns out they lost. Uh, but I, I, it, it was, you know, I, I love football. I, I'm heavily into hard knocks. Just had episode two last night. Uh, I oh, love. Spoilers, I haven't seen episode two yet. Okay. I just love Dan Campbell. Love coach Dan. Uh, I got to meet him at the Detroit race a couple years ago uh, when he put that hel- He put his racing helmet on in a press conference. Uh, I, 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 I literally went up and called a Motor City Dan Campbell as well. I was like, I was just so excited to meet him. And, um, and yeah, I, I think 
that show, like obviously the first season was like really cool. The second season, I think it was really cool. And then I feel like it died down a little bit, but now it, I think it's right back. Like I, I, I enjoyed seeing everything that's going on behind the scenes a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait for football season. I'm just excited that it's, it's here. I, I, I'm a Colts fan and a Bengals fan for those that don't know. Uh, I, I'm a Colts man, obviously because Indiana, but when I was a child, I cheered for the underdogs. I was a big underdog story guy and the Bengals won no games when I was a child. Uh, so, you know, they, I was like, this is, this is my team. As a and, Steelers fan, I remember well. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those are my two teams, but now I feel like I want the Detroit Lions to be successful. I don't know why, but I like, I'm like, you know what? I feel an emotional connection to this team. Now I feel like sure. Dan is inspiring. I feel like when that guy on episode one started crying after his hype up speech, I was like, this is a, this is a team. But who knows? They might lose 17 games. That scene was cool, but I felt for all the other guys with their arms up the whole time. I mean, that guy, <laughs> I, dude, those guys had their shoulders are like, all right, man, this is very inspirational. But can we get the hell out of here? What are we doing? It was all for the camera. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. But cool scene. Nonetheless, I do have a fun, real quick. Ben, who's your football team? Vikings, so stay away from uh, you know NFC North there, Mister Daly. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what? I I am a big Randy Moss fan, so I have every okay. Randy Moss jersey that he has ever played for. Every team that he's ever played for, I have every Randy Moss jersey that has existed. So I was a big Vikings guy at one point. Uh, I respect that purple and gold, baby. Let's go. <laughs> How are we feeling about old Skull, Ben? Are we feeling good? Uh, I don't know. This is for me. I think this is Kirk Cousins like year to like, all right, man, you got the coach. You got a new like offensive lines looking better. Yeah, Justin, Justin Jefferson's going to pop off. Like yep. Dalvin Cook's probably going to stay healthy. We have like four really good backup running backs. The preseason went great for them. So I'm just like, all right, just put it together. Like we got it. Like you don't got Mike Zimmerman throwing you across the sideline. Like, come on now. I, so my, uh, my guy, Colin Cowherd, he's really high in the Vikings. He has he is. 13 games this year. And it's yeah. his big take. I don't know. And he's but never been a Kirk guy, too. Yeah, I know. It, I was like, "What? this doesn't add up. But funny story about Dan Campbell. So I think, yeah, we were doing the show, Connor, when I was doing uh, – when I went down to the Senior Bowl and I hosted that um, Q&A or kind of moderated that whatever it was with Dan Campbell and Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets, down at the Senior Bowl. And so we're up there on stage, and I was like giving Dan Campbell a hard time on the mic, and I was like – you're a huge man. And he was like, kind of laughed. I was like, you look like a guy who just like, you know, tossed bales of hay when you're growing up for a workout. And he uh, really did. That's what oh he yeah. actually did down in Texas. Oh yeah. He was like, no, that's really what I, I was like. You're lying. He said, no, like that. We, we would toss hay and that was one of our workouts. And that was how we would like do our work on the farm. I was like cornbread farm fed right there, brother. And the guy still looks like, he could wrestle not only one bear, but two bears at the same time. Like it's incredible. Like he's and all of the Chicago bears at the same time. So. Yeah. Well, they're going to, they're going to win no games, obviously. So that'll be fine. <laughs> Actually just, I mean, Chicago, great sports city, great sports city. And I've been yeah. listening. I do listen a lot to pardon my take and a poor big cat. Like I, I feel, I, I, I love following him and seeing 
his uh, pain. Oh, his bear's bear. pain. Kind of funny. Yeah. Depression yeah, yeah. ban anytime <laughs> they get going. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I do feel bad for those guys because PFT is a, a Washington uh, Commies fan yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and he's the Bears. So they're just football fans, you know, it's, that is how it is. But yeah, football is here. And yeah, for, for newcomers of the show, we want to touch on a lot of stuff. Obviously, motorsport, but when we got time, we're going to dive into some football, dive into college football, a little, you know, a little bit of everything. So now that we know that Ben's a Vikings guy, Connor knows where his loyalties lie. Uh, you know that I'm a diehard Steelers fan, so it'd be fun to add on, especially as I mean, as unfortunate, it's unfortunate we only have three races left, man. I mean, it's coming to a close in 2022, so we got to talk true. about something. <laughs> yeah, and we've got you know, and 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 in the racing scene, you know, we we did have a weekend off. There were a few cars that tested at Gateway. I was a little jealous, uh, but there are a few cars mm-hmm. tested there. Uh, I heard from secondhand sources slash Kyle Kirkwood that uh, the coin cars were really fast. Um, he said David Malukas and, uh, and Takuma, I guess, were, were quite quick, or David in particular was quite quick, which is not surprising. They've been very strong all year. Yeah. Um, and so, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting, uh, interesting weekend. Um, and obviously, Kevin Harvick's on a roll in the NASCAR scene. I didn't get to watch race. I was on vacation. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was, I was staying away from everything on the internet and everything in general, because I was enjoying, uh, a vacation, but, uh, but yeah, we have, as, as we mentioned earlier, an incredible interview with Chris Lake, uh, which I think we can get to. I, I have been a friend of Chris's for several years now. He's an incredible, incredibly talented person. Uh, for those of like, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening to this show right now who will have no idea who he is, but there's also a group that will, uh, and there's a lot of people, a lot of young folks here in Indy. I know that are huge Chris Lake fans. Chris Lake's played the snake pit, um, as we'll talk about uh, at the Indy 500, but, uh, but yeah, really excited to, uh, to get into that interview. Let's do it. All right. We have an incredible guest that we mentioned this week, uh, a friend of mine, um, a, a friend of the motor racing world. Now, uh, a long time musical legend, uh, Chris Lake, we appreciate you being here. Thank you, my friend. How are you doing today? Yeah, great. Thanks. How are you? Excellent. I'm good. I I, I want to get right into this because for those who definitely follow who have followed me for at least the last few years since since the whole COVID thing has uh, kicked off, you might have seen Chris Lake in uh, in a very very prestigious racing league on the internet um, the called ultimate. the LCQ League. And I, I, I think this, this might be, this is definitely where, where Chris and I got to know each other more. Uh, we'll talk about the music stuff later, but Chris, the LCQ league was put together and basically just a bunch of bored people, uh, looking to go racing on the internet. What, what was your experience with us in the LCQ league? First of all, <laughs> well, I felt like I was thrown into the fire with that one because I was massively underqualified. The only thing that I was, uh, the only thing that really qualified me was um, I like racing and I had a sim. <laughs> so that was my, that was my first, um, that was my first COVID purchase when I, I actually didn't even realize that sims existed until, uh, until I, I don't actually What's that? What's his name? Uh, Jimmy Broadbent was that? that, that the oh, guy? Yeah. Yeah. He's the he's the I, I, I came across yeah. I came across one of his uh, streams and uh, I was like, "Are you kidding? I can actually, 
I can race on, you know, with a computer with feedback and everything. I thought it was the best thing. So I went and bought, I went and bought the gear. And then I, I think I ended up uh, asking you about equipment and stuff like that. And then, then that, that coincided with the whole, you were setting up the LCQ league and uh, you invited me in and I thought it was the best thing ever. Cause well, it was, it was absolutely brilliant, but I was terrible. <laughs> so the fun, no, I, I disagree. I think Chris was our most improved player uh, for sure. And, 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 and most improved. And he was also included in a group chat, right? So the, the, to get this thing going, to get, to get the races going every weekend we had, we would have like a text chain, right? And so to read the names off in this text chain, because first of all, I don't even know if you know actually who all the names are in the group text. Yeah, I, I, I figured it out over the years. I'm like, okay, exactly. that's that one. Uh, so in the in the LCQ League group chat, we have Alex Rossi, obviously Indy 500 champion. We have James Hinchcliffe, uh, IndyCar driver. We obviously know Tony Kanaan, Indy 500 champion. We have Landon Castle, NASCAR driver, of course. We have Scott Speed, obviously America's Formula One driver, American Formula One hero. Ed Carpenter, my boss. Parker Klingerman, another NASCAR driver. Chris Lake, obviously, musical legend. Don't Chad Reed, two-wheeled legend. Travis Pastrana, two-wheeled legend. Ricky Carmichael, and, of course, Bilko, everyone's favorite um, everyone's favorite humor and uh, two-wheeled legend as well. So, like, pretty hilarious list and, like, wildly random list of absolute legends. And then all of a sudden now we're randomly in a group chat every now and then. Have you silenced that group chat yet? No, it's fun. I, 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 there's definitely some fun things that are mentioned uh, in that chat. I admittedly only knew you. Yeah. Of any of those, uh, of any of those people, because so, I, uh, I'm European. I, I've, I've lived here for ten years now, but I can't say in that ten years I've really, I've really kind of like closely followed any of the motorsport that's happening stateside. Um, I should do, but it, the the other <laughs> the other downside for me is my uh, my busy time and my life are the weekends when Americans would normally enjoy what's going on on you know Fox or ESPN, and I'm I'm on a plane, so it's just not it, it doesn't it doesn't work out good for me at all. I, I don't I, I don't get to enjoy it. The only thing that I really uh, crowbar into my life actually kind of ruins my life in a way is watching Formula One every weekend, and my sleeping patterns are horrendous because of it <laughs> you know, oh great i just finished at the club at 3 a.m i'm getting up at 5 a.m to watch the sunday race in hungary great you know that's some real fandom right there though chris i gotta tip my cap to you now with this league here that you were in with all these you know motorsport legends and you're the only one that's not from that background i think it's fair now that you have connor come out and you throw him into the fire on the ones and twos, have him DJ one of a crowd and make yeah. him DJ. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nope, I'm out. I'm just. No, no. <laughs> I, I'm trying to. Uh, I, I, you know, it could be interesting. <laughs> it could Maybe be. like, what, what do you, what do, you do this? Minutes, just to make him sweat. Yeah, well, it feels like the most appropriate one would be the snake pit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris obviously has played the snake pit. He has been to the Indy 500. That Honestly, I got to see a little bit of you playing in the snake pit. It happened to time it just right. Uh, what was your impression of the Indy 500? Like, what, Well, I didn't it... get to enjoy the race. I had to... Um... I had to fly in. I remember... I remember. I but even in. still, just like the... Oh, just be crazy. Any, anything there. Crazy. I mean, like the setups... Un the, the setup is unbelievable. I, I just can't... Uh, 
it's it's testament to Americans' um, <laughs> attitude towards partying because that is a lot of people out for eight a.m. Uh, even earlier, like six a.m. By starting that, that was mad. That was yeah. absolutely mad. Beer really does fuel this country. Oh yes, yeah. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of that. And Indy, the Indy 500 might be one of the days in our year where the most beer is consumed at, at one point. And I love it. I love seeing it out there. Yeah, I, I that, that was my perception, too. I felt like I saw that. <laughs> now, was that being such a big Formula One guy when you're playing the snake pit? You know, what, obviously what's going on that morning at that time is, is uh, you know, Monaco. So were you... Tough missing out on that. You had to go back and catch the replay, or was the snake? Yeah, just go back and watch. Listen, honestly, if there's any race that I'm down to miss, it's the Monaco Grand Prix. That's boring. It (laughs) is really it's prestigious, but it's so boring. It's like just yeah. Anyway, that's my (laughs) that's my view on it. So you like you mentioned you're a Formula One guy, right? And I know you're you're a big Formula One guy. Uh, What kind of got you into that? Like, obviously. You know, as you said, you're busy on the weekends, which, of course, you know, we, we got we got things to do. But like what kind of interested you in Formula One? I always find it interesting, you know, just speaking to people about like what kind of got them into it in the first place. And 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 also, who do you support? Yeah, uh, I just started watching it as a kid. My father used to watch it. Um, he still watches it now, um, but it used to be on on Sundays on TV. That was, you know, we had we had four channels when I was growing up um, in the UK and it was on, it was on the BBC every, every Sunday. Murray Walker was the, Oh uh, yeah. Murray Walker was the, 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 the commentator. And um, I grew up idolizing Nigel Mansell. So uh, and we actually share a birthday, not the same year, obviously, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, actually, I think my mother sent a letter to him saying that I was a massive fan of Nigel Mansell and I got a signed photo sent back, but we, <laughs> we, we lost it years ago in like a big, uh, when we, when we moved, uh, when we moved countries, but uh, yeah, I, I followed all of that and, you know, I was watching, you know, back in the, like the center days and everything. And then I definitely, um, I lost, I, I didn't watch it quite as avidly um, in the, like the late nineties, early two thousands. And then really, Honestly, the, the thing that really ramped up my um, um, particular interest for it was Lewis Hamilton. I, I'm, oh, a, yeah. I'm a massive Lewis Hamilton stan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, because I, I, the you know obviously we've had some we've had some great British drivers, but um, I I loved what Lewis was doing and what he, what he represented and what he brought to the sport, and it was becoming quickly evident that. Uh, I was watching a Brit um, make make history, and uh, that I found I found unmissable. I was like, I have to watch this. I have to I have to watch this, and that's why I want to watch it live. I, re- I really I just didn't, I I enjoy um, I enjoy what 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 he's done overall for the sport. So there we go, go Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> now we some we talk about a lot on this show chris and it's it's this this wave that's coming over into america you know with the drive to survive series so f1 fandom is just blowing up going through the roof right as a as a, a og f1 fan your whole life you grew up with it you just told us is there some a little bit of you that's like all right now you guys are just now getting into this you're not the real true fans are you like Bring them all. Let's make F one what it is. Yeah. Okay, I, I I I say bring it on. It's it's just like 
Like it's the same with it's the same with music. You kind of have like these, you know, there's there's music and sounds that like uh, you'd consider entry level, all right. And uh, it's the things that draw people. It's, it's the things that draw people into the to the scene overall. But it might not be the best stuff that they're actually listening to. And it's like I, I feel like what, what, what we're probably what we're probably looking at is okay. You know, the drive to survive. It, it kind of draws people in via a dramatized version of what's kind of what the sport is. But the most important thing is that it draws them in. And then it might, you might have a conversation with someone that's just watched uh, three seasons of drives to survive. And then, you know, and, and you're having a conversation, you're realizing this is quite an empty conversation about the sport, but give them a couple of years. Once they've actually watched a lot, a lot of the races as a result, uh, you know, of, of having seen the, uh, the series, they'll be proper fans it's like that, that, that's the that's how i anticipate it'll work um and i do think it's good for the sport it's good you know it's it's, it's nice seeing america having uh you know it actually feels like formula one's becoming it feels like it's becoming a major thing out here now yeah i, I never used to say that no, I mean I agree. As as someone who like I like after after living in Europe, right? Well, I lived over there for four years, lived in the UK, and like you see how much it means to everyone over there, and the way it's changed in America. Like obviously, I was a kid. My dad, being a Formula One driver, like we raced, we watched Formula One, you know, every morning. So like that was part of my life. But it it truly has changed. And like you live in California now, obviously, and there's like I see all these California, you know, people like setting up big events to watch the races or, you know, whether it's like a cars and coffee type thing and you can watch the race with other people. One. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I know you've been to one and it's like, I, I do love that. But I, and I also think like, you know, we almost had you out, out at the long beach IndyCar race this year as well. And I think again, hopefully a rising tide raises all ships, right? Like we, cause like we, we love, you know, I obviously love IndyCar racing. I think there's a lot that, you know, Americans can, can get out of that too. Is there the rising tide raising all ships? Like, do you like, do you think, do you think that helps us in IndyCar as well? Like, I'm just curious as sure. like someone who, cause we want you to come to more IndyCar races as well. We want you, we want people to be yeah. more interested in that as well. No, 100%. I, th I think it's, uh, I, I like, I like seeing these, uh, I like seeing these videos of kind of like uh, the, the show, the, the comparisons of the technology and the, um, you know, comparing the formulas. I think that, I think those things are really, um, important for people to understand it's like uh you know some of like you know obviously you know, some of the some of the tracks you're doing you're doing like the ovals and they're definitely massively understood <laughs> misunderstood by uh europeans are oh, you just going around for in sure. a circle and not obviously understanding the nuance of how unbelievably on a knife edge you guys are with, with regards to um you know success or failure or kissing the wall yeah there's plenty of that. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> plenty of that. Yeah, I mean, now look, there's a lot of F1 drivers that, uh, hey, they they want to knock on uh, ovals, but they're pretty hesitant to come over and run the 8500 there. 100%. Brother. But that was actually one of the things I, I always thought was amazing about uh, that I really enjoyed about uh, Nigel Mansell because he he came over and did exactly that. So didn't uh, did, he won, didn't he? No, so so my my, my oh. friends, my friend Deepu, he still thinks that Nigel Mansell should have won one year, but because he came over and did it, uh, and he was a European, that there was some some conspiracy going on, and they 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 didn't let Nigel Mansell win. 
But I, I, I do believe that Nigel Mansell should have won for sure. I think Nigel Mansell is an incredibly talented driver, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, that was actually one of the things. Honestly, you know, talking about inspirational moments that like Nigel, the, the story about Nigel Mansell really, um, really inspired me um, and, and my my appetite for risk because the, the story about Nigel Mansell was uh, he he literally gambled everything along with his family. He like remortgaged his, I think he remortgaged his house twice and everything to, to get, to get him the car and the technology that propelled him into, into formula one. He, he literally had everything on the line. And, um, in, I didn't hear loads of stories like that growing up. That was the, what, that was the story that I heard and just made me warm to, to him. And, and then obviously what he ended up achieving, uh, in the sport and I guess kind of inspired my appetite for risk and trying to pursue what, what I, what I've done in my career, which doesn't risk death like formula one driving. <laughs> well, hey, there's still risks involved. Let's be honest. <laughs> still risks in the nightlife. Yeah. Drunk. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You're in the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time out there. We know a few places like that around Indy. Um, are you going to be able to go, to some of the American Formula One races. Obviously, you got Coda in October. Looking yeah. forward to Las Vegas next year, Miami. Vegas, I, Vegas, I will 1,000% be at. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm excited about that one. Um, Miami, I was a bit hesitant about going this year, honestly. I thought, like, first race in Miami, I thought this might be a bit of a shit show. Sounded yeah, that's, like that's why of, I didn't go. Yeah, sounded <laughs> like it sounded like it was a bit of a shit show, according to quite a few people. I'm sure you know. I'm sure there was lots of people that really enjoyed it, but I mean, I, I didn't. Yeah. Have, I didn't have quite as much faith in uh, that one going smoothly. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. So, uh, I, I I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be awesome. But like, do you think like in in Vegas, for example, right? I, I think that event is going to be because like you obviously do a lot of work in Las Vegas. And that city is just like never, it's never dead. No. Uh, seeing that spectacle will, I think, be something that is truly next level, but they are going to have to do so much in that city to make that happen as well. Yeah. I I haven't really, I, I have looked at the roads a couple of times and thought, yeah. how is this yeah. going to work? Yeah. Uh, look, that, so someone must have planned this out you know that there's got, yes. there's got to, they, they can't you know they can't be like okay right we've done the paperwork now um so how are we going to do this you know, I mean, yeah. I'm, sure, you know <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure this is all this has all been plotted out but yeah i i think as a spectacle vegas shouldn't be topped that should yeah. be that should be the ultimate celebration um, i agree the, the the scope for the scope for how mad how, how mad that I, I feel like that that city is te- apart from the track is is built for this. Um, so I'm very very excited uh, to to do this and kind of be involved on the entertainment side of things as well. Yeah, I hope there's I'm a frothing, uh, I'm frothing over party there. That's yeah, I, I hope there's a Chris Lake after party that I will be attending for sure for the Listen, race. I, so you know, I've been you know we've been working on contracts for for deals for you know for the next couple of years. You can guarantee this has been one of the main points of the conversation. Oh, yeah. What we're doing over the Vegas Grand Prix pre weekend? Yep, so, um, Friday, Saturday is <laughs> definitely a, a good weekend. Exactly. So. 
to get into music as well a little bit, I want I because like a lot of our listeners and stuff like that, we want to make sure that that they know a little bit more about you as well. I mean, I I've known you now through for for a few years through other musicians through Joel Dead Mouse um, and a couple other folks also. Uh, what you and you've been around actually for a while in this world as well. What so what like what what brought you into it at first, and what do you think? Uh, what has kept you in it as well? Like, is it, is it, is it the passion for it? Is it how the technology that's going through the roof? That's, that's really making music truly an incredible process to make. Give us a little bit of background there. Um, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's kept me in it. I'm, I, 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 how I got into it. I, I heard, um, I, I kind of got into music production before I kind of got into a specific style that I was producing for. But uh, I got into music production when I was like 13 or 14. I moved to Scotland. I, I took music as one of my um, uh, choices for like the, you know, for, for high school. And uh, in that class was a, a friend of mine who, um, who was making music on keyboards and synthesizers. And I saw this and I was just like, this is unbelievable. You can make your own, you know, you can make your own music and, and, and make your own sounds. And that started like a pursuit of me learning about the technology and the possibilities of what, what could be done. And then around that time, I, I heard like house music, progressive house stuff. And uh, um, I started making music like that. And then the hobby became like a serious hobby where the people started showing interest in my music. And then, then I turned it into a, a career and I just haven't really stopped probably because I don't really know anything else. I've been doing this since I was like, uh, I was a teenager. So, um, and over the years, I've got good at making people dance. And it's it's important. It is, but well, you know, important might be a strong word, but it's definitely got its values. So it's, uh, um, it's, it's nice. uh, It's, it's nice give, you know, now we, we do these, uh, we, we put on shows, that we really try to make um, really special shows that people will remember. And it seems to be working, uh, you know, for the people that enjoy this kind of music and, and uh, this type of thing, they love it. So, and that's quite addicting. So that's difficult to put down. That's difficult. No, that feels like it's difficult to kind of like just walk away from. Was there, was there ever a point where your folks, you know, your, your mom and dad were kind of like, Hey, music, I don't know. Or were they always supportive of you? I have to say that never happened. They, they were always 100% in supporting me, whatever I did. They've been great. Um, yeah. On, on, on every, I, I was very lucky in that regard. I actually can't, I, I can't, uh, uh, I can't relate to not having been supported by my parents, I'm very lucky in that regard. So, but I obviously hear about it all the time, and <laughs> completely, completely understand it. I'm honestly just surprised that they. I'm surprised they supported me in this. It's like it's so, like, huh? You're gonna do what? <laughs> right. It's just a so whole. You get them out to a show and get them, you know, pumped. Yeah, up I mean, I've, I've done that, but you know, when I'm describing it, when I'm a teenager, I mean, that's like I'm just describing a whole load of fuck all. It's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this is anyway but they supported me and i'm very very glad they did so very thankful that's awesome so where so of all the of all the places that you've been right you've traveled the world um we we interviewed uh mac j a couple weeks ago buddy of mine mackenzie 
Johnson, and uh, he used to be a racing driver as well with me, and now he's in music. And uh, what, where would, where would you say would be your favorite place to play? Would it be, because I, I mean, I've obviously never partied in Asia yet, but like it seems like they go hard, and like I, I, I but I've obviously been in Vegas. And like I did New Year's with you this year, and like that was incredible. Like I've seen some incredible stuff. Where do you think is like the 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 just like the energy is at maximum? Weird. I, I don't know whether I don't know whether it's necessarily the absolute best party crowd, but one of the best places to visit overall in the in the whole scope of like the the whole experience would be Japan. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like the the culture that just the the, the the difference in culture from, you know, what we're used to um, as Westerners uh, is it's, it's a really enjoyable place to go to. The, the, they do have a lot of fun. The clubs are fantastic. And um, I, I just really enjoy it. I always leave there like, oh, God, I can't wait to go back. It's like I have anywhere that I go to. That's the one, that's the place where I'm like, I'd, I'd go back tomorrow. I'd, um, it's just it's brilliant. That's awesome. That. I've got one. I've got one more for you for, for sure. So we're like, this music industry right now, I think, is is astounding. Like, I, I love, you know, the, the genre that you're involved in. I love that. I, I, I love everything about it. I love the, the parties. I love the venues. I love the lights, the technology that's involved, everything about it. Where do you see sort of this, this realm of music going next? Like, what, what do you think is going to be the next level of immersive entertainment that is involved you know, with you and let's say production, whatever it is, what, what, what is that? What is that? Where is that? Where is that next step for entertainment? You would say it's a very, it's a very broad question, but like, I, I it's, it's interesting to me. I was like, what, what's next? God, I've got some weird answers. I don't know how, I don't know how some <laughs> people will take it. Cause it's like, it's, it sounds really, Bring them. <laughs> I have this one idea about where things will go. I don't, I don't know how realistic it's going to be, but it's like, I'm just reading, I'm reading the room about where America's going. One thing that I've noticed has been, there's been certain, certain things that have been getting legalized slowly. Yeah. <laughs> Weed being one, mushrooms being the other. Mushrooms <laughs> at the early stages. The way I yep. see it, I wonder, I, I feel like there's going to be events that like, it's, it's almost going to merge like a, it's, it's almost going to become like the the high-end restaurants you go to a restaurant you don't just order the food you get it with a wine pairing i feel like what's going to end up happening is you're going to end up going to events and it's like here we go we've got the music and now we're going to we, we, we've got your substance pairing and you so you're going to buy it as a package <laughs> but it's all controlled I like yeah. I, I I don't know how like it does it's not like something that happened right now but I feel I feel like that's I feel like there's going to be like this sort of like legal high kind of um uh package environment sort of, yeah environment I I think that will happen at some point uh, you know and like, it'd be it'd be illegal I, I but I think it's quite a way off yeah yeah I, I like it it sounds safer you know I got people who go to these music festivals and concerts and. Not a lot of, you know, not a lot of legislation going on there, my man, got thrown it around. You know what, actually, before you answer, before you ask me that question, it's interesting you talk about that because there's actually, there's something that happens that, that that's predominantly outlawed in America that I think is one of the biggest errors, um, the, 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 one of the biggest errors that's made in, in America as a whole. And, and it's the, it's the attitude that, um, 
like I want to make it clear. I don't. I don't do drugs. I, I, I'm. I. I don't. I haven't drunk for like over ten years. I'm. I'm pretty boring ass DJ. <laughs> I like. I'm. I'm not. I don't advocate for people to be. Um, you know, uh, doing drugs or like be being unsafe or anything. But I think it's completely unrealistic to think that nobody does it. And unfortunately, <laughs> in legislation and like an, an attitude, in governmental attitudes in 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 uh, in America, it's. It's encouraged to act as if none of it ever happens, and I think that's a real big safety error. Whereas you look in look you look in uh, in in Europe, and there is the attitude of okay, we're not looking to encourage this; it's illegal. But if you get drugs in, you've got the uh, you've got the opportunity to um, have this stuff tested. We will we'll set up areas where you can actually test your drugs to make sure it's safe, to make sure it's not got things like fentanyl and stuff laced in it. So that if you are going to if you are going to be doing this, we can try and make this as safe as possible. And um, and then they also have like safe places to to discard of drugs if you kind of like decide, okay, I don't I don't want to take this. America makes that almost impossible to do, and that's terrible. And that really that's pisses wild. me off. Anyway, you made me you made you made me think about that, and it's like. You know, um, I just I wish I wish that would change. I was sat next to Marco Rubio on a plane the other day. I was and I was thinking. I was thinking, fuck, I really want to have this conversation. I really actually want to have this exact conversation with him. But he did. He didn't give me the time of day. So uh, that's a shame. <laughs> man. man, it's supposed to be a man of the people, too. Real quick. what uh, I just watched. Uh, I just watched the uh, Woodstock 99 Netflix documentary. What would be. What is what would be the uh, DJ version of Woodstock? Does it exist? What is it? The DJ version. Oh, I mean, Tomorrowland. I, I, I don't feel like I'm going to give a grand enough answer. I know. I know Woodstock's really quite historical. You know, like it's it's got a it's one of those standout historical festivals, and you know, obviously the attendances were huge. I haven't watched that documentary. I've got. To, I, I want to watch it though. Um, for dance music in particular i mean i guess i guess today's would be tomorrowland i guess that's like the Makes tomorrowland sense. Is, tomorrowland is a festival in uh, boom belgium and it is monstrously huge it's <laughs> it's a crazy crazy spectacle um it, it it definitely attracts kind of like tourist fans it's like a, it's it's a it's a destination festival. People fly in from all around the world to go and see it. And it's, it's, it's kind of like everything's laid on in a quite a Disneyland kind of way. Um, oh yeah. But it's fun. It look, it's, it's, it's fun. It's very, very big. I don't know. I don't know whether it really fully translates from like Woodstock, but it, it's, 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 it's big. It's a standout festival um, across the whole world. It's quite prestigious to play. So um, yeah, Tomorrowland. You've, it's you've, on, it's on my bucket list. That's for sure. I, I, de- I definitely want to go at some point. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's, it's, it's uh, it, you know, it's, it's big. It's quite, it's, it's, it's like, it's like Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Everyone loves going to Disney. So yeah. <laughs> Chris, I, uh, I appreciate you coming to talk with us. I really do. Uh, I, I find it fascinating to talk to people um, who are very well established in their own worlds, but also have an appreciation for motorsport because this is definitely a very, very motorsport oriented podcast. But we like to talk about everything too. So, thank you so much, man. I, I really, really appreciate you know what? It. Let's, let's let's talk about your whoop stat um, stats. Oh yeah, <laughs> are you kidding? I see your heart rate when you're racing that car. 
That's not normal. It's hard. It's hard. Actually, I, 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 it's one of my, it's, it's one of the most responded to things that I put on the internet is like, people are blown away that first of all, that it tracks it that accurately. And honestly, I'm really impressed that it tracks that accurately. but, but yeah, like it's, it's maximum attack all the time, like throughout but, the whole okay, race. So, you know, so uh, I did have a, I had a question for you. <laughs> okay. So I, I see that your heart rate hits like in the one eighties. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Michael, is that adrenaline? Is that adrenaline like heart pumping? Um, is, is, is it, is it pumping at that speed because of adrenaline or because of like, um, like fatigue? Because, and the, the reason I ask is because when I get my heart rate up to like 160, I'm feeling like I'm, I am literally going to peg it any second. 180 seems kind of like mildly physically impossible to me. And you're doing that nonstop. So does it feel, does it, does it, does it feel the same as like when you're, when you're hitting those sort of like those sort of um, um, heart rates when you're exercising or does it feel, does it feel different? So it is different. Yeah. So I would say doing research on this year, right? A lot of it's affected by heat as well. So my heart rate, if if I'm averaging like 160 the whole time, that's way better for me because it's 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 cooler in the car. If my heart rate, like I can I could see it from Nashville over the weekend. My heart rate starts out averaging probably the high 150s, 160. And as soon as my body gets overheated, straight to 180. And that's when it becomes a lot tougher. That that's I noticed that my heart rate picks up almost 20 beats when I get overheated, and and I overheat a lot because like it's it, I'm I, for some, I'm an Irish fella. I, I overheat like crazy, but it's but even like this morning at the gym, right? Like we were doing a lot of high intensity cardio circuit training. We go from the treadmill to the bike to the rower to the to the ski erg machine, and I, I always find it very difficult in the gym but it's the same heart rate range but it's just a different way of outputting so i think a lot of the heart rate is is the heat it's the adrenaline but you also got to remember that like with our cars without power steering it's very physically difficult as well what we're doing so like we're we're putting a lot of effort out like with with our body and like the and the hitting the brake pedal with a, with oh, a lot of everything just core. to move everything. yeah so like it's it's a full body workout but also you have this the, the adrenaline that just is at maximum so i think a lot of it is adrenaline but I, what i've noticed as well is it's very heat driven cuz yeah. if if i went from race 1 at iowa like 2 weeks ago that video that like i posted the onboard of the short oval like the day one to day two, my my cool shirt that we use in the car worked a little bit on day one, but it worked really well on day two. And my heart rate was almost cut in half, like from race one to race two. So it's definitely temperature oriented as well as adrenaline for sure. But regardless, it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's a good workout. I'm not gonna lie. So what, so what does it say? Well, like when when you uh, when when you've I, I can't remember what it said about like the the you, you know like the daily strain that you meant I, i'm assuming yeah. you're fully at way past 100 well well you can only get to like 20.6 or whatever the number is like it doesn't really go to 20.7 yeah it's most race days are are, are 20.6 or 20.7 that's wild fair yeah. play to you fair, i'm gonna go to the gym now i'm gonna make <laughs> I, i'm gonna give it honestly i'm gonna give it an absolute solid give it everything I'm, I'm gonna give it my best 40 percent i've ever given 
and and turn it up to 130 degrees in that room too. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you very much yeah. for inviting me on. Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much, Chris. Take it easy, Connor. I'll see you soon. Incredible interview with Chris there. Um, I hope people that listen to this show, uh, you know, might might now know something more. Uh, you know, I, I always thought that having this show would be a great opportunity to bring on some people that are that are wildly recognized across the world, but yeah. that that they they might not expect them to be race fans. And I, I think that's always really cool to see how much people respect our sport um, across the world of, of different professions. So uh, really, really enjoyed talking to Chris there and, uh, and, and appreciate his time for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, going into it, I was like, I mean, I've heard of Chris Lake, the, the artist and musician, but I didn't really, I wasn't too familiar. But then when you got into his thoughts on F1 and his thoughts on IndyCar and comparing the two, I thought it was very, very interesting. I thought he had a lot of great insight. I was not expecting for him to say that uh, the Monaco GP is super boring and he doesn't really care to, <laughs> to watch it or see it. You know, it's like that gets hyped up that weekend where we have Monaco, the Indy 500, Coca-Cola 600. And, you know, you think that everybody's going to defend theirs in their own way, right? Like we would know, never say the Indy 500 is boring. I mean, that's our Super Bowl. It's That's it. Yeah, and for him to be like, yeah, eh, I can miss that one. I, I did not expect that, so it's very, very interesting conversation. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and I, uh, I mean, now it kind of makes you want to party a little bit, but uh, that we'll <laughs> save that for the off season. <laughs> we'll there you go for for whatever's next. You, um, you are partying a little bit on TikTok though, huh? You're a TikTok guy. <laughs> You'll yeah. be dancing soon. Well, I, I was, I was sitting down uh, in Los Angeles. Um, she gotcha with yeah with with my lady there and she is a, a very she would be quite prominent on the TikTok um, and but she's also very smart and so as a brand it's probably important to have all of the social media things you know all of it all of it working for you yes yes um, and she you know she's got like three million TikTok followers and I was like okie dokie well that's a lot uh, and so I. I then joined a TikTok. I or I joined the TikTok. I don't know what it means. The community uh, could not get Connor Daily Twenty Two. Some some person obviously tried to get that early and probably wants me to pay him for it. Uh, uh, but I went with uh, Connor Daily Driver, which is uh, I think that was a great name. I think it was solid. Like we it. tried to. We were thinking Connor Daily underscore Twenty Two, but I don't like underscores. Um, so it was a it was a process. I still have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to use it. I think the for you page. I, I keep swiping through those videos, and I, I don't. Uh, for me, I, what do you mean? I don't. I don't even know these people at all. And like, I don't know what's. I don't, it's figuring I don't know you out, I'm at. Connor. It's figuring uh, you out. That's part of the process. Look, it all seems like a big. Um, I, I don't know. There's there's something going on there that I. There's there's so much sound. There the app feels disorganized, but like. Someone's making more money than me at this thing. I see you on there all of a sudden pop up and then I'm, and then there's a video, a bunch of dogs. And then I'm like, what, how did I get here? You know what I mean? Like I, I just, IndyCar is, I, I see, I follow IndyCar obviously, and they yep. have a bunch of creatively captioned onboard videos, which I think is great. But um, yeah, it, it was a, it was an interesting journey into the TikTok, and um, I still don't understand it yet. But I did also hear that our fearless leader, Dale Earnhardt Jr., is also a TikTok guy now. Uh, so it just if he's doing it, I'm doing it. Got to be. Got to be. Got to dive right in there. You can 
hey man, it takes one or two videos, and all of a sudden it'll pop off. You'll get <laughs> 1.2 million likes, and all of a sudden you have 150,000 followers on there, and it's it's great for the brand. It's great That's for you. That's what I've heard. It's great yeah, for I, the, the series. It's great for this the show. It is. Yeah, I'm gonna figure out how to make these videos because again, difficult for me. I think I, I I'm not a tech guru. I'm not a wizard by any means. Uh, my computers upstairs are still broken since for two months because I can't figure out how to fix them. Uh, they're not broken. I, I could probably just have someone over to fix it in like two minutes. But again, me, dumb, can't figure it out. But thankfully, uh, my lady, she's like a big, she's on the TikTok scene. So she's like, oh yeah, I'll help you out with what's what's trending and you could take advantage of it or whatever. I'm like, all right, I don't know what that means, but sure. So uh, we got some help on the on the branding side now. Uh, it's a team effort. We're out here trying to grow the sport. Uh, I have four bio lines. Obviously, Speed Street is in the bio, which is important. Stop. Uh, big, Appreciate big podcast guy. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a whole new world that I'm now a part of. Uh, and so I don't know what it means, but I'm going to post videos and see what happens. Love it. Good for you, man. Yeah. Connor Daily Driver on TikTok. I'm Joey Molinero <laughs> on TikTok. I'm assuming we're Neb, not lol. You got it. <laughs> There it is. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Consistent branding there, Ben. I I I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. And uh, for us, we are Speed Street is on Instagram and Twitter as of right now. So follow at Speed Street Pod. Nice little throw in there. We're close to a thousand followers on Instagram. We're closing in. So go to Instagram, Speed Street Pod. Give us a follow. Love to get questions and get engaged with you guys on there. Uh, Before we get into the audience questions, I did want to talk to you, Connor, about uh, our pal Christian. Loon guard Smithsteenville uh, Wits, uh, who got an ex- <laughs> who got an extension. We just saw uh, last night uh, with Ray Hall Letterman and again having a strong rookie season uh, in 2022, and, and he's going to stay with the RLL guys for a while. Absolutely, yeah. What I find the most hilarious thing about driver contracts these days, which seems to be like a thing now, is that everyone who is announcing a deal is like. It's for next year and beyond as if like they're <laughs> going to race on the moon. It's like, just tell us how many years it's for, but, but, but that's, everyone has a commitment issue, right? It's like, well, it's next year, but we put in like 10 clauses that we can get out of it if we want. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's hilarious. The motorsport world. Cause again, in football, right? Like you have, you have a deal and like, yes, they're always out clauses. I'm sure. But it's like, boom, here we go. You're getting paid for this many years for sure. At least, you know what I mean? But like racing, it's really hard to find those like three, four year deals, two year deals. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's like, well, it's next year and then hopefully the next one. And then maybe the next one after that, you know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of funny, but Christian has had a really, really strong last few races. Yeah. Um, that team has certainly seemed to figure it out on, um, on his side of things and even Graham. I mean, Graham's kind of always, always there no matter what. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot going on around, uh, the Ray Hall team, really interesting rumors that I heard as well, uh, for like more cars or a switching of, of things. But again, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't know how that's possible because more cars to Letterman. So they go four or, well, maybe, or I don't know, are they going to, are they going to, I think Jack Harvey's supposed to be in there for another year. But maybe they pull the McLaren witchcraft and kick them out. I don't know. I hope not because I like Jack. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot lot swirling around. Uh, but to to see Christian get some uh, some 
some solid answers on, on what he's doing in the future is, uh, is really cool. So uh, he's done a great job and he's obviously still a child. So he's got many, many years in front of him. Yeah, definitely. I, I wanted to talk too about um, this article on motorsport.com um, that came out yesterday uh, about Christian Lundgaard and the extension that he just got and, and some really interesting quotes from Christian uh, regarding IndyCar, regarding America, regarding you know his time in Europe, Formula One. You know, he comes right up the bat and says, you know, Sebastian Vettel, uh, you know, four-time F1 champ, you know, could expect a tough transition to IndyCar. And straight off the bat, and I kind of <laughs> calling out a champ, not calling him out, but just saying, "Hey, it, I, I've I've been there, I've been here. It's tough. It's tougher over here than you think." Oh, absolutely. Well, it's it, it it's it's the same as Kimi Raikkonen going to race in the Cup Series this weekend. He's not going to go in and win the race. Like, I'm sorry, this yeah. is professional motorsports. There are three top. There's three head racing series of the world: Formula One, NASCAR, and IndyCar. Right, and I think. A lot of people can argue sports car racing. Yes, there's that as well, but it's it's not. There's the three. There's the three top series, um, and any driver who goes from one to another, it's going to be hard at first, for sure. I mean, we see Grosjean, Ericsson's done a great job, but like everyone is not. It, 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 everyone there are really random formula. I see Formula One Twitter all the time. I see these clowns that come over and say. Oh, literally anyone in Formula One can go over and destroy everyone in IndyCar. It's like that's literally the dumbest thing you could ever say in the world because it's just not true. Like we have evidence of it. You have your two time. We literally (laughs) see it. Like we have a two time world champion, Fernando Alonso, come over to try the Indy 500. Well, the guy didn't win all of them, didn't even make one of them. Uh, And he's really, really good. Uh, You have Roman Grosjean, who again, there's, you know, different opinions about him in formula one. Obviously he wasn't a world champion, but the guy was on the podium. The guy was doing, the guy was scored a lot of points. Um, and again, not dominating. Uh, and Marcus Erickson, again, formula one guy probably didn't get the best run of things in formula one because he never got to get out of, uh, you know, the bottom level teams. But again, he's not, he, he is he running for a championship? Absolutely. So are six other people, you know what I mean? So it's, um, it's one of those things that, I, I completely agree. If if you brought Vettel over, which I I don't think for one second he's going to come IndyCar racing. I think he is pretty happy being Vettel, and he wants to be a family man, and I respect that. Uh, but if he does, awesome. But guess what? He's not going to win the championship first year. Not going to win the championship second year. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, depends on who he's with. Depends on what team. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's great for Christian to say that. It's because he, I think he recognizes how difficult it is. Anyone who comes over to our side of the world immediately gets thrust into the pit of vipers and it's hard to be successful in IndyCar pit of vipers dude that I need that on a t-shirt that sounds awesome the pit of vipers uh a few quotes in this again on motorsport.com that I think really resonated with me as a fan I'm sure you as a driver in the series and I think it's really important um that this kind of be blasted everywhere uh he says Lundgaard says quish uh, Quote, excuse me. I don't think there's been much I haven't really liked about IndyCar so far. And he goes on to say, I think overall, like I've said many times now, when I moved over here and I've had the question, what's the difference about Europe and America? For me, it's about racing. It's more about racing than it is about politics. What I like about IndyCar is the feeling I have here is the feeling I got when I fell in love with go-karts. You put the car on the ground, you race, and you have fun. But you compete, and once the helmet's off, everyone is best buds. You don't see that in Europe. That is, I mean, 
my buddy Sam sent it to me, and he's like, that should be plastered everywhere for IndyCar. Huh. Uh, and it's hard not to agree. I mean, those quotes right there, what more can you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's – it's a great community here. Uh, I think there's um, – you know, again, I don't know a ton about the NASCAR community, but I, but I know that a lot of those guys are really good friends as well. Uh, a lot of them are also enemies, but, uh, you know, it's the same – same with us here. You know, some people that, you know, I don't enjoy racing with uh, or hanging out with, but for the most part, you can have a pretty good time, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, with your friends, with your teammates, whatever it is here uh, in IndyCar. And, and um, you know, heck, I've, I've invited Christian to a couple of different events. I've, I've tried to hang out with Christian. He doesn't hang out with me, though. He hangs out with Indy 500 champion Marcus Erickson. No big deal. I understand. Uh, but they're all North side guys. You know what I mean? Everyone, all the, all the drivers, I'm the only driver who lives downtown Indianapolis. All the rest of them yep. live fancy, nice, uh, high bougie lives at, uh, at, you know, high class bougie lives in Carmel, Indiana. <laughs> I, I did. I was up in Carmel, Indiana, uh, last week and on the week on the, the weekend off, I was able to catch up with Jack Harvey and his lovely girlfriend, Gracie. We had a couple beverages and, uh, they introduced me to social cantina. I don't know if you've ever been there or heard of that place, but place is really good up there in Carmel. Really good. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't get to venture up there that, you know, that much, but uh, it seems like a nice place. <laughs> yeah. No. So I, I thought it was, uh, you know, again, congrats to Christian. He's having a really, really strong rookie year. I think it's great, you know, to have uh, another strong young guy in the series, obviously. And, and those quotes I just felt was important to, to bring up. And again, for the listeners who are motorsport fans and whatnot, it's not so much, trying to pit against one each other. It's just standing up for the series that you're a part of and, 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 you know, what you're passionate about. And that's what we do, you know, that the, we're an IndyCar centric podcast. So how to bring it up, want to get your thoughts on them. Exactly. No, I, I, I agree completely. And um, I'm excited to see what's next. It's hard to think of any other IndyCar, you know, teams that are going to have news, but then you're like, wait, we still have a ton of news left. There's going to be who's right. going to drive the 10 car. Who's going to go where? For sure. I even think, you know, uh, like where, do, where does Felix go? Is Felix still in? Who's, you know, does Dave, does David Malukas move somewhere? Who like, there's a lot of talk on the streets. I can promise you that about where people are going to go. And we are by no, not even close to, um, you know, done with the silly season stuff. Love it. Yeah. Silly season's fun, man. It really is. All right. Let's uh, wrap up here with, we got a lot of questions, man. We appreciate you guys at speed street pod. Again, a reminder on Instagram and Twitter. We usually like to do this. I don't know, once a month or something where we'll get the questions from the listeners. Um, but let's start off and let's go with, uh, from AJ Hobson. We'll start favorite livery of all time. Minus TK seven eleven car. Who do you, yeah, you start? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, the 7-Eleven car was so iconic. Um, I mean, I, I think of, of several different liveries. Uh, the, the Miller Lite car, I believe that Bob, oh, Bob Rahal drove back in the day. Uh, any of the beer indie cars were always really cool. Even like, um, I think Scott Dixon for a very brief time drove a Coors Light uh, indie car. Which was uh, which was a great looking car. It kind of looked like uh, Sterling Marlin's NASCAR for a little bit. Um, that was cool. Uh, I always thought um, Alex Barron's Rayovac car. It was like very simple. Joey, this is probably before your uh, IndyCar time, but Alex Barron was a, a young American driver when I was coming up, and he was 
He, I, I was a big fan of his. Uh, he drove a car sponsored by Rayovac. That was really cool. I like that one. Basic, but cool. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely hard to say. I liked my U.S. Air Force cars. I, I really did enjoy those. Yeah, but those are sick. Yeah, if we're talking all time, you know, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely hard to pick because there were so many cool cars back in the day. But also, back in the day, a lot of those cars were like, you know, fairly basic. Nowadays, I mean, the design and graphics can get so crazy um, that it's kind of a, it's a cool cool era to be a part of. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's kind of, those are kind of my, my initial, my initial thoughts on, on great liveries. The two that stick out to me are, um, one selfishly Marco's star Wars, the clone wars. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. Back car. in the day. Super great sick. Car. Just, yes. I mean, so cool. Uh, but really it starts and stops with the yellow submarine, the, the pins oil yellow. I mean, that's, it's iconic, you know. I mean, yeah, like Johnny Lightning, hate it. I yeah. mean, it's just, golly, man. You know that 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 that's where it is. And we saw Scotty Mack drive it in this past year's 500. Uh, just 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 iconic, you know. Yeah, even the the Johnny Lightning special way back in the day. If you're going way way back now, uh, yeah, there was a lot of really cool cars. And I I mean, I could I could make you a list of 15. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe the off season, you know, that'd be a good, yeah. good top ten livery show. Uh, from a underscore Aronk, uh, Connor, if you win at Gateway, will you please put on a WWE worthy celebration on stage? <laughs> yeah, as I as I've said, I think before, if I, yeah, anytime that we do win, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have the best time ever, uh, and. The best part about it is St. Louis is not too far from Indianapolis. So if we win, we're going to get back to Indianapolis as soon as possible. And it's a Saturday night as well. So we're going to get right out onto the streets of Indy um, and, and have a great time. So we'll see. Gateway is one of my favorite tracks coming up. Uh, love everything about that race. Uh, it's promoted well. It's always sold well in the past. Um, and statistically one of my best tracks. So I feel like I, we've been close to being on the podium there in the past couple times. It's been taken away from us strategically. Um, but, uh, very, very excited for, for this It's my first time racing here actually with Ed Carpenter racing as well. So that'll be a, a new, new experience for us as a team together. Uh, this, I don't even, I mean, this is truly one of the most wild Instagram names I've ever seen. I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm not going to try. But they want to know what are your expectations of the nine car high line practice? Uh, so, you know, what's interesting. First of all, I uh, really appreciate my engineer signing me up for it uh, because I, I am always down for a session like that at Texas. Um, you know, a lot of us were a little bit reserved on, on doing that. Uh, I love gateway. Happy to do that. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure what it will do for us, the Highline practice, because again, Gateway is a track where you can run too wide, but for the most part, you have to get a really good run and you're not seeing a bunch of cars just go side by side in one and two and three and four and both the straight, like it's not happening for multiple laps at a time. So, and, and then towards the end of that race as well, there's so many marbles up, to, up top. Yeah. So you know, will there be rubber up there for the first, you know, 25, 30, 40 laps? Maybe. Yeah. But that rubber is still going to get covered with, with, with marbles, you know, after a while. Um, so yeah, so I think it might help the first 50 laps of the race. 
Um, but anytime you put rubber up, up top on a racetrack, it's going to help us. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think it's a great idea. Might as well, right. Especially if you offer it up to people, give us an extra set of tires. I mean, I love doing more track time, so you can count, consider me very excited for it. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm actually quite surprised. There's not more people that are signed up for it. So you do that on Friday or Thursday? Yes, Friday. Yeah, Friday. it's basically okay. after qual. It's right before the last practice session. Got it. Uh, from I like this one. This one. Uh, from, this is from Isaacson eight. Isaacson eight six seven. Would it work having a triple header weekend with IndyCar F one and NASCAR Cup? It'll never happen. <laughs> Sadly, it'll never happen Why because um, the 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 demands that Formula One have circuit wise, it would have to be on like, you know, it'd have to be at Coda or it would have to be at, you know, the Miami GP or, or even Indy, I guess, if, if Formula One would ever come back there. Um, but it's a, you know, it's, it's a case of, it's an ego game, you know, who who's none of all three of the series are not going to want to work together. Right. Like it's going to be, well, you know, we need this. Well, we need that. Well, and then who's going to make the most money out of it? Well, we all want to make the most money out of it um, when it comes to a series. You know what I mean? So I think, again, Formula One, you know, as big as NASCAR is, Formula One is still the alpha uh, when it comes to overall money, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just I would love it. I think race fan race nerd me like almost has like a like a brain explosion thinking about the like how cool that would be um but sadly it's never gonna happen <laughs> yeah I, I can't see cup or f1 i mean you know, indycar would definitely you know get the short end of the stick but neither one of them want to be the undercard you know yeah i can't see it just be a big big pissing match there uh from yeah you were just with this guy it's from aaron you weren't, you weren't with aaron george who asked but Yes, Danny Rigg to the ECR 33 on road and street courses next year. Any insight? Breaking any news? <laughs> I think that'll be the last thing that you could expect. <laughs> Daniel, yeah, there is I, I think he's I think he'd honestly rather uh I think he'd rather like just just hang out. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see what he does. See what he ends up doing. Um from Ryan Schick 13, what causes different tire wear between teams and cars when it's not due to driver management? So that that's a great question. And we talked about it a little bit after the Iowa race. Um, the only area open for development in IndyCar is the dampers, right? So the dampers control base. I mean, the dampers are kind of the, the core of how you produce grip. Um, and so if you're producing more grip efficiently through the damper, it also treats the tire better. Um, and if you're, if you're not able to generate grip through the damper, through the, through the chassis, the, the tire is essentially just scrubbing across the surface. Um, if it's not gripping the surface, it's just going to slide. And so when it slides, it's obviously chafing itself. It's getting rid of rubber. So that's why you see, well, why we struggle with it. We struggle at every track that has an old surface with low grip or, a track that wears the tires really aggressively. Our best tracks are the highest grip circuits where we don't see a lot of degradation. Indy, Barber, Indy GP, uh, and well, hopefully St. Louis. I don't know. But uh, but that that's kind of where we 
we are better because you can rely more on the arrow. You can rely more on the, the tire grip because the track isn't as aggressive on it. Um, so that, that's kind of where it is there. Other, other than that, like IndyCar is a very equal series, right? We have the same chassis, we have the same wings. Uh, you know, there's two different engines, but it's every team has a different philosophy when it comes to the damper program. And that's where teams differ. From Hunter J. Carper, if you were stuck on a desert island with one fellow IndyCar driver, who would it be? Uh, Scotty McLaughlin, for sure, because we, you know, we'd have a great time, but also, yeah, we just have a great time. <laughs> That's true. Do you get concerned about, you know, hey, if it's just you two, you want a little bit of privacy every now and then, right? You want a little bit of, hey, I need some me time. Yeah, I'm sure. Right? But you know what? We could build a boat and we could get out of there real quick. Scott's, you know, he's a smart guy. He's from, he's from, uh, you know, the land down under. Um, and it's, it's one of those things he's probably got, you know, these, these Maori instincts, he's got these, uh, you know, he's got some, he's got some smart boat building techniques, maybe stored up in his brain somewhere and I'll get the hammer out. We'll make it out of a tree branch, who knows, and we'll get out of there. I like that. Scotty would be, yeah, Scotty would be a really good pick. I'd, I'd say, I'd say Rossi because I feel like you can have that good time, but then you definitely know that he's going to want to be alone, and then you can get some time, right? So it's a kind of a nice, nice balance for me. I think. I think Alex but, would also like Alex. That that's, and he that's can fly. sketchy. Well, it's sketchy though because Alex would kill you eventually if you're not <laughs> like if he's not having a great time. You know, he could easily it's be true. like, well, there's. There ain't no laws uh, in maritime scenes, you know what I mean, or whatever it is. If you're stuck in the middle of nowhere, ain't no laws out there. So guess what? You annoy him, dead. Got it. That's that's <laughs> a really good point. Um, from Andrew Dawson, what's the process when looking for sponsors? Is it normal for an individual or a company to sponsor the entire team, such as Bitnile? Uh, this is yeah, our situation. Yeah, our situation is wildly unique. Um, you know, for, for years in my career, uh, you know, you, you, you hunt for the, you know, the, 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 the best sponsor you can find the, the, a certain number, you need a certain number to make things happen. Uh, and until, I mean, until this year, you know, I've, I've never been able to have that full number. Uh, and, and, and this, you know, Todd Alt and Bit Nile, everyone involved, uh, Alzamend, Ernity, um, everyone that's a part of our, you know, our group, have fully, fully embraced the IndyCar scene. And the, the thing about the 21 car on our team, right? That was always, the, um, you know, that car has always been, since Ed kind of moved to a two-car team full-time, uh, you know, that's been the, the team car, right? So like any any company that's been on that, whether it's been Auto Geek in the past or or whatever it is, you know, that that's kind of Ed and, and his, his ownership group are, you know, they're behind that one because that's like the main guy. For a long time, you know, that was their only full-time one driver. Um, you know, and, and, and previously it was, it was a different driver on the road and street courses for the 20, then Ed would be in the 20 on the ovals. So now obviously we have, you know, two full-time cars and a third one that's almost full-time. Um, and you know, and, and, and it makes things a little bit different and it's, it's, it's nice. It's incredible to have, you know, a, a sponsor that has an, a, a, you know, a net, a network of companies that he can market. And that's why you see both Renus and my car, um, you know, done up in, in, in bit Nile, different kind of different colors, obviously, but all stemming from bit Nile. And, 
Um, it's the dream scenario, honestly. It, it, it's a one in a million type scenario. Uh, you, you don't see many sponsors doing this. Obviously, you see Arrow at a very high level. We used to see Target, you know, sponsoring two cars. Um, you know, but but it's rare to have uh, you know, two cars kind of with the same sponsor, which is kind of cool. And it All feels right, good I, to have been brought it here. <laughs> right. Yeah, there you go. Tip of the cap too. Uh, last one here from Carson. Big question here. Would you two want to come to an Indiana wedding in October? <laughs> well, I'll start. I'll say, I love weddings. I love October weddings. I love October. Uh, I'll have a month old, but hey, you know, I'm always down for a good time. <laughs> I just don't know. I, I, I October's a busy one. I got October 6th, I got a charity kickball tournament for Corey LaJoy out in Charlotte. I, uh, I think there's another race to be doing at some point. Um, I don't know. We'll see. That's, that's tough. I got a wedding to go to in a couple, my uncle's getting married in like two weeks and I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for a wedding in a couple weeks. There you go. Yeah. Carson, that's well, congrats to you guys. Uh, October is a great month for a wedding, especially in Indiana. Um, sounds like a great time, but Connor is busy as well. I, I do have a wedding on the first and I'm going to Purdue's family day with my soon to be family of three on the 15th. So oh. it's not one of those days. Maybe I can slide it in. Who knows? Uh, all right. Well, I uh, couldn't get to all of them because we've, we're, we're, we're up against it, as they say in the radio business, uh, as is. Uh, but of course, I have to finish with um, the uh, Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver of the week. I went, I, I, this, I believe this is the oldest, uh, this is the, the furthest back in time that we've gone, um, which means that probably anyone who listens might not actually know any of these people in this race. And to be fair, I don't, I, now normally you can identify an Indy 500 winner, right? Like if you've heard of them before, but I, this, this race was won by Ray Keach and I have, I, I don't, I did not know that name, but that is not our random driver. I, I, Ray Keach is going to be one that I'm now going to remember for forever because he's an Indy 500 champion. Um, but I went with the 20th place finisher, uh, Herman Church. What year? Herman Herman Church, 1929, a 1929 Indy 500. Uh, Herman Church, S C H S Church, essentially. Okay. Uh, I was born in 1903 in Switzerland. Swiss fella, uh, Swiss American race car driver. Um, and yeah, he only tried for two Indy 500s. And it says <laughs> in 1929, it says his gas tank split. And I don't know what that means, but I assume it's bad. <laughs> uh, and then he retired from both, sadly, uh, 1929 and 1931. Uh, the transmission broke on his uh, 1931 machine. Um, but, uh, yeah, Church excelled in big car racing, which was apparently like sprint car racing, where he won many races on the Eastern Circuit. Uh, he was killed in practice for a dirt track race at Legion Ascot Speedway in California. So, uh, RIP Church, uh, he is in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. Yeah, got a Hall of Famer there. Um, nice. Always love a Hall of Famer. Recipes to him, the Swiss driver. Uh, I have been reading uh the indie split book oh uh, yeah yeah. so i've been gaining a lot of knowledge i'm about five chapters in there but a lot of history a lot of drivers that i've seen on these lists that have been talked about um and so i'm becoming very knowledgeable it's a very good book if anybody wants to check it out i highly suggest it connor you too quite an era 
Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's gone through we all the way to the beginning with uh, IMS, all the way through the 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm getting ready to go into the 80 chapter now. So very exciting stuff. Very, very interesting. Um, but it's always good to gain more knowledge, especially about IndyCar and the history of it. All right. We're in uh, St. Louis, or I guess Eastern Illinois, wherever you want to look at it this weekend. Um, at Gateway, going to be a great time. Connor, looking forward to it as always. Stay safe. Bring home some hardware. Uh, USA Network this weekend, by the way. we got to remember that. People do watch USA Network. NASCAR has been doing great on there. So yep. if we get bad ratings on there again, it's purely because we don't market it. So uh, we're trying our yep. best. We're telling everyone it's on the USA Network. A little Saturday Night Thunder. Saturday Night Thunder and the, the Pit of Vipers. Yeah. Pit of Vipers. <laughs> out there in St. Louis on USA Network. Saturday Night Race. So no excuse. Get out out there have a fire grill have some drinks watch some indie car it's going to be great uh again be sure to follow us at speed street pod on instagram let's get that up over a thousand on twitter as well the video episode comes out the day after the audio episode comes out on the dirty mo media channel so be sure to subscribe there for the video because you now we like to have fun some things that you don't see on there i appreciate chris lake for joining us as well um this has been another episode of speed street and we'll talk to you next week after st louis <coughs> This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.